and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. If you tuned into episode 33, you heard several educators come onto the podcast to share how distance learning was working in their special education classroom. I have invited all of these educators back onto the podcast for an update. So whether you still have a couple of weeks left in the school year or you're winding things down, whether you're looking at how you're going to support your students during ESY or you're concerned about what it's going to look like in the fall, we'll have something in this podcast that will hopefully help you feel a little bit more confident as you continue to move forward in this distance learning period. I hope you enjoy and let's tune in. I'd like to welcome my first guest onto the podcast. Hi, this is Autumn with Supports for Special Students. I am an elementary self-contained teacher in Washington State. Do you mind sharing a little bit more about how you're reaching your students during distance learning? Yeah, well, when my team and I decided on how we wanted to implement distance learning, we really had one main goal, and that was to make it as easy as possible for our families to access. We really didn't want them to have to log on to a bunch of different websites, have different passwords, different expectations. We wanted everything housed in one place. And we also wanted to find a system that would make it really easy for us to collaborate. We decided to create a Google site. And when we first set it up, we weren't sure exactly what our district was going to require. It was all still really new. But we figured that a Google site could easily be incorporated onto other platforms. We could even make it private and password protected if needed. And I worked with three other special education teachers, and we split our kids into four groups and assigned each group a color. And on the main page of our website, the kids can come and just click on their color and it will take them to their weekly activities. We've embedded Google slideshows for calendar, literacy, and math. And then that is where we add our weekly instructional videos into those Google slideshows. And then we also listed daily assignments right next to each slideshow. And we've been using a combination of the Scholastic Learn at Home site, which is a great site since you don't need to log in. And we've been also using a lot of Boom cards. And Boom Learning is really the only site that we are using right now that requires a login. And what we found is that over the few past few weeks, our website has grown significantly We now have pages for our SLP, our OT, our PT. We also have a specialist page where we share all of the activities from our counselor, our PE teacher, and our music teacher. And I really love that our families have everything in one site and they never need to worry about where to find something, looking through emails, um, jumping around between different sites. It's all in one spot. That sounds so easy for your families to use, and I love how you guys designed that. 
And I know that you are in a more unique circumstance than other people on my podcast because you have a child that is attempting to access their own education at the same time. Can you talk a little bit more about how you're balancing being a teacher and being a mom teaching your own son? Yeah, so I actually have two children. One is almost four and one is seven. And so my four-year-old is enrolled in a speech um, preschool classroom through our school district. And then my seven-year-old is in first grade. And so both of them are accessing this distance learning world right now. (laughs) And really in the beginning, there was no balance at all. I was working pretty much all day, every day, for probably the first two weeks, um, really neglecting the needs of myself and my family. And I had a bit of a wake up call when my seven year old started crying at bedtime, because even though I was home all day with him, I was never actually present. And it was always a bad time for him to talk to me. I never had time for him. Um, I didn't have time to help him with his own schoolwork. And I was just cranky. And I knew that something needed to change. And so I asked him if there was one special thing that we could do every morning together, um, what would it be? What would he like to do? And he told me that he really wanted me to watch him play video games on his iPad. So that's become our new morning routine where every morning we snuggle up on the couch. I drink my coffee and he plays his game for 15, 20 minutes. And that small change has made a huge difference and has really helped us stay connected Um, Another thing that I've started doing is taking advantage of the free school lunches that our district offers. It takes me less than 20 minutes to hop in the car, go pick up lunch, and it really forces me to take a break and focus on my kids for a bit. I also wanted to let you guys know that I saved a video walkthrough of what my website looks like on my Instagram highlight reel if you're interested in taking a look at that. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Erin from You Ought to Know, and I'm in Northern California. Erin, can you tell me a little bit about how distance of learning has been going? Classroom? Um, yeah, I've been using more of a packet-based model. So I'm getting some emails and feedback from parents that students are, for the most part, doing well working at home. Um, and there's, you know, normal struggles that pop up, but... Overall, it's going well. Um, Students are engaging. I've also uploaded things to Google Google Classroom to support families, and I've heard that that's been helpful for them. Good. And how many more weeks do you have to go in your school year? Um, I think three or four. (laughs) I'm planning ahead, so I feel like I don't know what we're actually teaching in. (laughs) Makes sense. And here in our district, they're still trying to decide when they're going to actually end the school year, too. So no one really seems to know right now. And I'm also going to be teaching our ESY program. So that's got me even more confused. (laughs) Oh, well, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Can you tell me about what ESY is going to look like for you guys? We're still figuring it out. But so far, what we've figured out is ESY is going to look a little bit different than our current distance teaching model. Um, We are being advised that we need to put in FaceTime with every student every day. So I'm looking at, I'm working with my special ed director to um, group some students together that can work together and coming up with some things we can do um, through either a Zoom meeting or a Google Hang or whatever they're called. Is it a Google Hang? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been using Zoom clearly, but we're going to figure out, I'm, 
what we can do with students in smaller groups and then set up a schedule so that I can meet with each group every day of the week. Okay, that sounds good. So kind of divide and conquer. Yeah, and then supplementing that with materials that like they can either interact with on their computer without printing or if parents are willing to print things, um, just kind of uploading to Google Classroom so they can print and do follow-up activities at home. Okay, makes sense. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Kudos to you for making all of this work. I've just been impressed with all of you who are figuring out how to make distance learning work for our classrooms. You know, it's been quite a challenge, but I enjoy a challenge. So this has been <laughs> kind of fun for me. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing. No problem. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hey, it's Heather from Full Spot Ahead, and I live in Illinois. And Heather, I know you're utilizing a Google site for your distance learning. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? For sure. I decided on a Google site um, just because I didn't know if Google Classroom would be as accessible for my parents. Um, If you don't know, I have students that are more of the needing like one-on-one attention and one-on-one instruction, um, and they're unable to access technology for themselves. So a lot of this will be on my parents to be able to provide the activities and provide instruction throughout the day. Um, So I've been using Google Sites where it's easy to put in activities, websites, um, YouTube videos, um, and it just seemed to be an easier grasp for my parents. I'm so glad that you found a solution that works. And as you start to wind down the end of the school year, how's it going to look as you transition into ESY services? Yeah, um, so right now I've just been kind of sending out activities via email to my parents. Um, I'm hoping that I can get this website up and running um, sometime soon and let my parents go and explore that. Um, And then throughout our day, I will put in times where parents can come and meet with me um, virtually and see me face-to-face and ask questions about the site. Um, And then maybe we can troubleshoot things together either at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, whatever's easier for them. I love how you're able to provide so many options to really work with families as we continue to go through this difficult time. Yeah, definitely I'm trying to be as flexible as possible, but also providing activities um, that are simple and easy to do at home. Awesome, and did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, no, I would just say good luck with everything you guys are doing. You guys have been doing phenomenal. I love seeing what everybody's been up to. Um, and they give me some great ideas too. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Of course. Thanks for having me, Nicole. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, this is Fiona from Adulting Made Easy and I am from Southern California. Fiona, now that the school year is starting to wind down, are you having to do anything different in terms of distance learning to close out the year? Um, So luckily for me, I don't really have to close out my classroom um, like most teachers do. Um, I get to just basically just do basics like tidying up the classroom and then throwing away perishables. But um, I don't have to actually like vacate my classroom or anything like that. Um, So as far as that goes, I basically just have to finish out with progress reports. And how many more weeks do you have left in your school year? So we end in um, mid-June. So that's, I believe, about like four more weeks. Okay. And then are you going to be supporting the same students moving into ESY or will they go to another teacher? 
Typically, we keep the same students for the most part. Um, there's little changes here and there, depending on um, if our principal notices, you know, they might thrive better in a different classroom or with a different staff. But yeah, for the most part, I keep the same students. And then um, I do have a few graduates as well. Okay. And what is ESY going to look like? Are you going to pretty much do the same thing you were doing during distance learning or are you changing it at all? So at this moment, my school plans to end in June and then we would return back to the classrooms on campus um, for ESY in July. But those plans are tentative based on what the new developments from the CDE or the governor are. Um, but that's what we have kind of moving forward as a something to kind of look forward to. Um, but we haven't been really given any information on what returning to school will look like yet or, um, you know, what the process is going to be. Uh, we've seen some interesting ideas floating around on the internet and some of those ideas are great, but many of them might not work for our crowd. Uh, I have a really hard time picturing most of my students, you know, keeping a mask on all day or staying six feet apart and so on, which are going to be some of the regulations that are required. So I'm not sure how that's going to go quite at this time. And you mentioned that you have some students graduating out of your program. How is that going to look since you're not able to do your uh, traditional end of year celebration or whatever you would normally do? So at this time, we are in the process of planning a virtual graduation. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to look yet, but I would s assume somewhere along the lines of probably doing um, porch portraits. I don't know if you've heard of those, but where the, you know, photographer can stay from a distance oh, yeah. and we can go over to their house and take their uh, graduation photos because um, those got cut off right before the school closure. We were supposed to take grad photos and um, we didn't have a chance to do that. So we'll have to do that. Um, and then I would assume we're probably going to do something along along the lines of like a, a Zoom graduation with a slideshow and, um, you know, deliver the cap and gowns and certificates to their homes to celebrate at home. Oh, that sounds really sweet if you're able to make that come through. I imagine it's really difficult not getting to have those end of year moments with them. So yeah. being able to do some of those other things help. Yeah, another thing that we could possibly look into, depending on how soon we're able to get back to school, is we would just delay the graduation into July um, to do one in, in person in July. But that's all kind of dependent on how everything is going. That makes sense. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've noticed a lot of teachers asking and kind of low key freaking about freaking out about what they're going to do for ESY plans. Um, if distance learning continues, or even if we are back on campus, obviously, community outings are going to be either not allowed or very limited. Um, so my advice is to just continue what you're doing now, continue with what is working and repeat certain lessons if you have to. Um, you know, if you work in special education, you know that repetition is really key to our students' success. So don't feel bad if you're repeating a lesson again. Um, there are also so many community skills that you can work on that don't require you to go off campus. Um, and yeah, it sucks because going off campus is such a, an experience that you can't quite teach in the classroom. But I think people tend to forget that ESY is meant to prevent regression. 
So when it comes to planning for ESY this year, I think that it's just think of it as an extension to the instruction that all the students were kind of missing out on during distance learning and the regular school year and just continue with what you were doing already. So there shouldn't be anything, you know, extra that you're trying to think of or freaking out over like, what am I going to do this summer? Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and talking during this time where you were just learning at the same time as all of us. Thank you for having me. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Kim from Little Miss Kim's class and I live in Colorado. Hey Kim, can you kind of catch us up to how distance learning has been going for your class? Yeah, it's going pretty well. We've definitely had to change things um, every week and just kind of tweak things to make things meet the needs of the students and the families. But overall, it's going really well and we're able to support our kids and our families. Awesome. And I'm sure you're winding down for the end of the school year. Are you having to do anything different to close out this distance learning period? Oh, yes. It is very interesting and kind of difficult. I think the end of every school year is really hectic and busy, um, but this year it's just different. Um, So some of the things we're doing is we are expected to go into our classrooms and just clean them out and close them up the same way we always do. So just boxing things up, taking things off the walls. Um, Our progress notes look pretty different this year. We did something called a a contingency plan for our students, and that outlined what IEP goals we were and were not working on. So our progress reports will only include those IEP goals that we did work on during distance learning. Um, One of the most interesting things is transition meetings. Um, I have a lot of students going to middle school next year, so we've had to do remote transition meetings with families and teachers. And that's been pretty hard for students because they're not able to see their new classrooms, but we're figuring it out. Um, In terms of ESY, that is also very interesting because normally, of course, students are in classrooms. So I'm working with ESY teachers to just collaborate on how to meet students' needs during ESY. It'll still be four weeks for them, but obviously it's going to be remote for us. So one more thing that we're trying to make special for students is an end of year celebration. It's something that's always really a big deal in our classroom. We have a whole video of pictures from the year and we didn't want families or students to miss out on that. So we are having a remote end of year party. So we'll still just have like a long slideshow with pictures and songs um, and hopefully most of our families can come to that. So we're just trying to still make the end of year special for families and kids. That's, you just shared like a huge wealth of knowledge. So I appreciate that. How much longer do you have in the school year? We have nine more school days. Oh, (laughs) I wish you best of luck making it to the end. And thank you for coming on and sharing so much on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Cassie from Adventures in Behavior. Hi, Cassie. And for all of you, Cassie lives in Texas. And can you just let us know how distance learning has been going for your class? 
Yeah, uh, we are actually just finished uh, our last week of instruction. We have another week of catch up and makeup work. And then the last two to three days are just fun virtual days that the school has been planning. So we are actually wrapping up and almost done with the school year. Uh, our parents and uh, kids have been doing really well trying to manage the work at home. We've actually seen some really big gains uh, due to parents, you know, being able to work one on one and get that really in depth attention to the work. So it's actually been a pretty positive experience for many of our kids. I'm so happy to hear that. And congratulations making it to the end of what was a very wacky school year. Now that you are kind of winding down, how are you looking forward to what you'll do in the fall? So none of us really know what is going to happen in the fall. Uh, currently, the plan is to resume, resume school as normal. But as we all know, that can change in the blink of an eye. So what I've been working on is creating my uh, scope and sequence for the school year for math and science because we are departmentalized in our program. And uh, as I start to look and research for activities and materials, uh, I've been really focused on finding materials that are both um, paper-based and digital. So a lot of uh, authors on Teachers Pay Teachers are turning their resources that are paper into digital and you're able to get both. And so I've been really searching for those types of activities so that uh, whatever method school looks like in the fall, I'm prepared either way because we definitely were not prepared in March for distance learning. We had no digital activities and we scrambled. So I'm, I'm looking for those activities so that um, we're prepared and ready, and we're also looking at what additional online programs like Moby Max or Reading A to Z that we can utilize in the classroom or through distance learning and really taking the time to research um, all the different options that are out there. I love how you kind of talked about reflecting on how the past couple of months went so you can be prepared because we now know that really the unexpected can happen. So it's good to move forward having plans for any scenario that might arise. Absolutely. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing on the podcast. I imagine it's really difficult to share tips for distance teaching when you're doing it yourself for the first time. So I really appreciate you being willing to share as you learned with everyone that tunes in. It was my pleasure. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Jen from Teach Love Autism, and I live in Pennsylvania. Jen, the last time you came on the podcast, you were telling us all about a website you were using to help your students access distance learning. How is that going? Yes, I talked about using the website Symbaloo, and actually it's been going pretty well. Um, I've been able to get all of my parents to get access to it. And surprisingly enough, I know a lot of people have been having technical difficulties with getting families connected to the resources and materials, but this has really been an easy way for families to get access to those things. So I've been excited about that. And then I've also um, been switching the materials in and out on a weekly basis to make sure that, you know, the families have 
different materials so they don't get bored. And actually, I've had some teachers, uh, my gym teacher in our building has also collaborated on it and added pieces for gym class for my students. So it's been really nice. Oh, that is so cool that you were able to get that collaboration piece in there. Yeah, absolutely. And now that the school year is kind of winding down, are you having to do anything different to close out this school year? Well, of course, I've recently had to go in and close down my classroom, pack things up, and that was a little disheartening to have to do, but it's necessary. I had to um, get some materials ready for a student that's going to be moving on to the high school next year since I teach middle school, and um, I plan on sending some postcards to my students to kind of end the year to write them a note and congratulate them on completing the school year. Oh, that's sweet, and I imagine it was tough to not be able to give a real goodbye to that student. So I know that you're sharing on a lot of the sadness that a lot of teachers are feeling right now. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, when you feel like you are still going to have some time to be with that student and that's been completely changed. So it's something we've all had to adapt to. And I love how you've been so open on your social media, letting teachers know that they're not alone in those feelings. So thank you so much for just being so open through this whole time. Yeah, um, it's just, it kind of is what it is, but it's, you know, what's necessary right now. Everybody needs to know that we're all going through the same thing. Absolutely. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, no, not at this time. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. All right. Thank you for having me. I'd like to welcome my last guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Ashley from Spectacular Days, and I currently live in Virginia. Hey, Ashley. I know that you shared about a technology called Pear Deck on your Instagram. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that resource is? Yes, absolutely. It is a Google extension. The platform we're using for distance learning is Google Classroom this year. And it is a way where you create Google Slides and you make them interactive. And the best part about it is Kids can do it on their own pace. There's a student pace and there's an instructor pace. You also can save all their answers. And when you're done, it saves it all into your Google Drive. And then you can use it to collect data or to see where students are struggling or where their strengths are. That is such a cool resource. I'm so impressed that you found it. Yes, it's free for the first 90 days. But I assume if distance learning continues, they'll probably do something similar in the fall. And then I know that you were using a strategy called synchronous learning to access your students. Can you share a little bit more about what that is and what it looks like? Yes. So in our district, we are required to do so many minutes of synchronous or live teaching each week. We're using Google Meet for our synchronous learning. And we had to create temporary distance learning plans where we collaborated with the IEP team, the families the specialists, and we determined the appropriate amount of live learning each student could complete throughout the week. So I host multiple throughout the week that range from 10 minutes, um, and the lengthiest one is 30 minutes for elementary education. So I work on IEP goals. I help them with math or reading and just reinforce concept that they're learning in their general ed classroom. This past week, something really fun that we did was the general ed teacher I work with, we paired together and did a Bitmoji classroom. Um, and she is having the kids create videos on a subject that they learned about. So we're learning about earthworms. So they got to use a little Bitmoji classroom and make a video and they had a blast doing it. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. 
Yeah, it is so cool. I it the kids are having a blast with it. And then for anybody tuning in who doesn't realize this, Ashley and I live really close to each other and she teaches in the district that I used to teach in. So I already know she's got a couple of more weeks to go. I hope you're hanging on. Do you have anything else you want to share? Just don't let it get the best of you. Distance learning isn't our new normal. It's something that's temporary. Um, uh, keep your head up and reach out if you have questions because there are so many amazing resources out there. It doesn't hurt to help and ask. Thank you for that tip. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all of your experiences. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.